And we're back here on the Quinnipiac Athletics Podcast, episode number 11, and we're joined in studio today by the sophomore forward, Odin Tufto. How are you today, man? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to join us today. Um, crazy season so far, and we'll get into everything that's happened with you because some of the statistics are just like, I, I had to double check to make sure that I was reading them right. But um, first off, I, I asked you this before we started, and, and I kind of want to want to get the clarification on record because, you know, when, when you read through the, or when we were reading through the recruits from a few years ago, there's this kid, oh, there's this kid, uh, this kid Tufto coming in. And depending on the report that you'd read on Twitter or somewhere else, it would say, either Odin or Peter and there and you were telling me that there's kind of a story about why or where those two names come from so how did you end up with Odin yeah I think it's a story I've I've been able to tell a lot ever since I got here but I'll give you kind of the short quick version so uh, my name is Odin Peter Tufto Peter is the middle name um, for some reason you know it's it's named after my grandfather who uh, was Norwegian, his name was Odin Palmer. So they didn't want to do a, a junior. They just wanted to do a different yeah. Peter. And my brother's name is actually Andy, which in Andrew and Peter in the Bible are brothers. Oh, okay. So my parents did it that way. But I grew up being called Peter. And once I got old enough to understand you know, my name and my first name and middle name, I, I wanted to go by Odin. So when I got to high school at St. Thomas Academy, which was a military school, uh, all the teachers – uh, which were usually like military sergeants or, you know, priests or something. They called me Odin because that was the proper first name. So it stuck on starting high school. And then once I graduated out of St. Thomas, I went to juniors and people always asked me for, you know, like announcing and stuff like that. They'd always be like, well, what, what do you want your name to be? And I would say, I want Odin because I thought it you know, was a way cooler name. So ever since that, it's been Odin. It seems to more and more I go here, get to catch on. Um, every time I go back for family events or Christmas or something, you know, my parents call me Peter. My sister calls me Pete. My brother calls me Pete. So there's a lot of names going around. But, yeah, <laughs> it's Odin, Peter Tufto. I prefer Odin. I'd yeah. rather have you call me Odin. And um, I'm glad now that, you know, more and more as we go on here, it's it's catching on for people. Okay. And we, we just want to get it out there just in case there there's some people still kicking around that are, oh, Pete, what's up, kid, exactly. you know, as you, as you go on campus or throughout the course of the day. But – you mentioned high school at St. Thomas Academy, uh, three years there, 120 points in 71 games. So already being able to find the back of the net uh, in high school well before you got to Quinnipiac. But, I mean, just kind of tell me as, as a hockey fan, you get to the state championship your sophomore year, the first year at St. Thomas, and you're able to play at the XL Energy Center. And, you know, there are pictures and videos that that circulate around, whether it be the, you know, the all flow teams or, or things like that. Just tell me about that experience and being able to play at, at that on that big of a stage as a high schooler. Yeah, it, it was insane. Um, I grew up uh, and like when I was in grade school, I would beg my dad to get me out that week so I could go to the games and watch and you know, they also have this kind of like expo thing where they have every brand of hockey there and they have, you know, like CCM Bauer and they have this, you know, they make these crazy events and you can do like shooting drills with their new sticks and they always, you know, they show their new merchandise and new gear. But yeah, when I finally got to to high school and, you know, we were fortunate enough to make it, that's my sophomore year. Uh, it was insane. Our championship game, I think there was roughly 21,000 people there. <laughs> and um, one of my good buddies who plays at the University of Minnesota, Tommy Novak, he scored the uh, game-winning goal with six seconds left. Wow. It was insane. He, uh, he like, walked off the wall, hit a slap shot, went bar down, through this insane Tim Tebow celly. <laughs> I mean, it was the craziest thing I've ever been through. It was so fun. I mean, you look at the pictures, and everyone's always like, well, you know, was it that crazy? And, yeah, it was insane. Like, we had – 
a student section of just everyone dressed in their military uniform. It filled two full sections. Wow. I mean, it was electric. It was, and we ended up making it my senior year too, unfortunately losing, but it was definitely probably one of the most memorable moments of my life to this day so far. So uh, you, you mentioned Tommy Novak, who's playing for Minnesota right now. Who, who are some of the other guys that you came up against when you were playing Minnesota High School? Because, I mean, there are a, a number of names that come out of that state every year. Yeah, I mean, we had Jack Doherty on our team, who's uh, part of the Buffalo organization right now. Um, Tommy Novak's drafted by Nashville. Um, I'm trying to think. Rem Pitlick, who plays for University of Minnesota, uh, he's drafted by Nashville. Um, man, there's so many guys. I mean, yeah. we had 12 D1 guys on our team from my sophomore year. Um, I graduated with five other seniors. One plays at Michigan Tech, one, or two play at Michigan Tech. One's at Carl College, one's at RPI. Um, so, I mean, there's so many names. I mean, you, you, look, oh, at, yeah. you look at all the NHLers. Like, Honors Lee is a St. Thomas Academy grad. Um, I mean, like, Brock Nelson, TJ Oshie, they came out of War Road, which is historic in Minnesota. I mean, there's so much rich history there. And, I mean, I think it's called the state of hockey for a reason. I mean, you look every year, whether what level it is, like college, juniors, NHL, high school, like there's so many players coming out and playing in world juniors, doing well in college, doing well in the AHL, doing well in the NHL. I mean, it's, I mean, you know, it's, it's the life there. You know, no one really pays too much attention to the Vikings <laughs> or the Timberwolves or something. I mean, not that the Wild are insanely great, but just the, <laughs> just the Minnesota yeah. history with with how great hockey is there. It's it's phenomenal. Yeah, and, and even if the, the fanfare, I mean, for the Wild isn't necessarily always there, I mean, that's what you see. It's the, it's the depth of the fanfare yeah. that you're able to get, yeah. you know, 21,000 yeah. people I mean, they're a not, high school game. Yeah, I mean, they've never won a cup, and, and they're, you know, they're not always the greatest team, but, like, you look at every home game, it's sold out. And yeah. it's just because – people love their hockey there you know whether it's not a, a bandwagon thing in minnesota you know it's not like oh if they're doing well then we'll go watch them yeah. they could be the worst team in the nhl they're still probably selling out every night just because that's what minnesota is there you go um so going past past high school then a couple years of uh juniors in the ushl but the second year is the one that i wanted to ask you about because you you start playing your number one in vernon and then year number two comes along and there are three different teams that you end up playing for so that second year seems a, a little uh, a little jarring, I, I would say, for a, a younger hockey player. Yeah, I um, you know the the year after Vernon, I had a really good year, and um, I had talked with the coaches uh, at Quinnipiac, and you know they actually wanted me to come in um, that year because they lost Sam Annis and they needed another player to come in, and I just told them I didn't feel like I was ready, um, like I wasn't strong enough, and and I needed another year, so. They told me to take up the challenge and go to the USHL. So I ended up in Fargo to start the year, um, and that was kind of where it started. I ended up there, and then two days after my birthday in January, I got traded to Tri-City, and then I was in Tri-City for all of 18 days. <laughs> and then at the deadline, I got traded to Sioux City, and then uh, I made a Clark Cup run with Sioux City um, until May. And then actually a day after the Clark Cup ended in May, I came out here for summer school. Really? So I, it was – it was one of the craziest years. I, it was probably the craziest year I've ever had when it when it comes to hockey. Um, I kind of learned a lot about myself because, you know, in juniors, like, you don't have your parents around. So I was packing up myself, grabbing my car and going. I mean, I, I was in three different places in the span of 21 days. It, it, and I didn't even get to unpack in Tri-City because I was only there for two and a half weeks. Right, so, yeah. Uh, definitely, you know, it was. I learned a lot about myself, but I think – all in all, it worked out. I went to Sioux City and I had a really great team and a, a really good coaches, and I kind of found my groove there and started to do really well. And you know, we made a, a pretty fun playoff run. Unfortunately, losing in the last game to win the Clark Cup, but um, 
Yeah, I mean, what a crazy year it was. It, yeah. was, it was nuts. What, what were you able to learn about yourself? I'm, I'm kind of curious. I mean, I think um, when I started in Fargo, I was struggling. I think I had two points in the first 15 games. And, and you know, it's not that points is always the thing that matters. But, you know, I was struggling. You know, I, and it seemed like, oh, man, like, I, you know, I was at – I wasn't, you know, playing power play. I was on the fourth line, and it just things like it seemed like I was going to get sent back to the BCHL right away. And I was nervous, kind of what the coaches at Quinnipiac would think. They'd be like, "Oh man, well he's struggling here." But then I kind of found, you know, a little a little better groove as you know the first half of the season went on, and and then you know my coach and I didn't see eye to eye in Fargo, so that's when the Tri City trade came in, and then I went to Tri City and I was given a lot of opportunity. And um, I did really well, but then I only played eight games there and then was traded to Sioux City. And then I played with just two stellar line mates in, in, uh, in Sioux City and was just able to just, you know, really do really well um, with them. And then, you know, we ended up doing really well in playoffs too. But I think just I faced a lot of adversity, and that's something that I hadn't really had to do at all in my hockey career. I think I look back at, like, association hockey and then high school, like, High school, there wasn't a ton of competition, and I, you know, you kind of just mopped the floor those three years that I played at St. Thomas, and and then Vernon, I got in, and I did really well, and I was up for rookie of the year. So things had just been going great, and I think it was the first time I ever really had to deal with adversity in the game of hockey, and and you know, being by myself and not having my parents every weekend, that's tough. You know, like when you're in high school and thing if something goes wrong, like you just go home and you talk to your parents. So I kind of had to do a little soul searching myself and just really dig in deep and. You know, figure out what I needed to do on the ice and off the ice to not only be a better player, but honestly, just be happy. I wasn't happy at some points, and yeah. I think honestly, the trades helped. You know, they they gave me fresh starts, and both the fresh starts in Tri City and Sioux City, right away, I was able to make an impact, and I think that helped my confidence. and And from then on, I think, you know, I had that confidence when I came into summer school here, and I think it's just kept kept rolling ever since I came into Quinnipiac. So of course, you 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 haven't had the chance to play professional hockey yet, but What's that? What's that call like when you find out? Oh my God, I'm being traded somewhere. Yeah, um, the first one, it was you know it was weird. I I had kind of knew it was coming because at Christmas he had kind of was like you know, we don't really think you fit here well in Fargo. Like there may be a chance that you get moved. So I kind of knew it was coming. Um, so when it happened, like I was kind of happy to get out of there because I didn't love the coach. I I liked my team, but I didn't love the coach. So. Like, my final interview with him, I was like, oh, I can't wait to get out of here. <laughs> but then Tri-City, you know, they were one of the lower teams in the league, and I thought, I'm thinking, okay, I'm, I'm probably just going to end up in Tri-City for us year. Like, you know, let's just have a strong finish to the season and, you know, work on my game. And then all of a sudden um, I got a text Monday morning um, that he was like, hey, can you meet me in the coach's you know, office at 8.30? And, you know, we have, like, a team group chat or whatever, and I guess three other guys – or, no, four other guys got that text. So I'm like, okay. I'm like, what's going on here? <laughs> so three of us out of the five went to Sioux City in a package deal, and then two went to Waterloo. So it was just crazy. Like they wholesaled pretty much. Wow. The yeah. Team. Yeah. So um, were you, now was that team not? Were you not really in contention? with No, them? we were the second to last team in the conference. Uh, so they okay. were. So they're they trying were, to stock. Yeah, up they were looking to get stuff. draft picks, and yeah. they got. I think they got like four young guys out of it, and like oh, wow. six draft picks among the Waterloo and Sioux City or whatever. It, it was a crazy thing, but yeah, I think. The second one was just like wow, like you know, in, in in the BC trades don't really happen that much. Okay. And if they do, the thing in the BC is you can trade anywhere across Canada, any junior team, any junior A team. So, you know, not having experienced it, I mean, the second one just threw me off. I was like, oh my gosh. But <laughs> you know, it's it's weird. You know, you you make a connection with your build family and you make a connection with players on your team, and 
And then just like that, in, in a span of one day, you pack up your stuff and you drive to a new place. I mean, it was crazy. We we got traded on a Monday, and we played in Omaha on a Tuesday night. So Omaha is an hour and a half away from Tri-City, and me and the two other guys that got traded to Sioux City, we met the team in Omaha. So we, we're, we're sitting there in the parking lot waiting for the bus with our bags in the back of our car, <laughs> just waiting for the bus to show up. We get off the bus. We meet the coaches the GM, the assistant GM, and then we meet all the players, and then you play a game with a new team. So you guys were all in the lineup that night. We were all in the lineup that night. Wow. And I was with two – I was with a guy that was – my two line mates that night were as a Finnish kid who was 16 and then a Slovakian kid who had already played major junior. So he hadn't – he wasn't going to college yet. Right. So – and neither of them were very good at English. So oh, it was my just, God. <laughs> it's just crazy. Like, you know, and, and it's it, – it does remind you of, like, kind of what professional does look like. Yeah. At any moment, like you see, like all these trades happening. At any moment, you can just pack up your stuff and leave, yeah. and it, it's just crazy how, you know, you never know. Oh, any, yeah. any day of the moment, you know, you can pack up and you're gone. And that's kind of what juniors was like for me that year. It was wow. just crazy. Um, so I, I guess kind of backtracking for a second. So um, when did Quinnipiac start to come into the picture? And and you know when you were when you were surveying your options for possibly playing college hockey, what was it about the the school and the program that jumped out to you? Yeah, they jumped onto me uh, when I was in Vernon. So right at the beginning of the year, there's something called a BCHL showcase. So every team goes to a certain site. It was Chilliwack, BC, um, and you play two games. Every team's there. They kind of split it up. So like half the teams are there Thursday, Friday, and then half the teams are there Saturday, Sunday. Um, and every college goes. Pretty much every NHL team has a scout there. It, it's just a crazy event. So coming out of high school, I didn't have much interest. But – we had already played five games um, coming into the showcase, and I was leading the BCHL in scoring. So I had a strong start. There you go. And it, and it seemed like from what colleges had told uh, myself and, like, my parents and my advisors that they wanted to see how I adjusted to juniors before they really showed interest. So to have that start, it helped going to the showcase with that. And then in the showcase, um, again, did really well. I played well the first game, and then I talked to a couple teams. And then the second game, we were down 4-1. We won 5-4 in double overtime. I had three goals and assists. There you go. <laughs> so then right before the, the showcase, uh, my head coach came up to me. He's like, hey, have you ever heard about Quinnipiac? And I know that the Jones twins played at Vernon um, years before that. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, I kind of know about it a little bit. So he said, yeah, like the head coach is coming out to, to watch you. Okay. He said the last time they did that was when the Jones twins played here. So I'm like, so, you know, right there that catches your eye. Yeah. So after that last game – I come out and and I see Rand and I talk to him and um, you know he he wasn't crazy about like jumping right onto me and making this like a quick you know he he's all about being patient and and you know he wanted me to survey my options and then if I really had interest he wanted me to visit so I ended up talking to like 25 teams wow within okay. that day so within about a couple weeks later it was already down to about five teams you know a lot of teams died off uh, a lot of teams threw offers at me and I was just like nah like I'm not feeling that and then. You know, I narrowed it down to Quinnipiac, Denver, um, Notre Dame, BC, and then Bemidji State in Minnesota. Um, I only visited uh, Denver and Quinnipiac, and then I I, I knew Bemidji State just because I'm from Minnesota. Um, But, yeah, I visited December of 2015. I actually – my shadows were Luke Shiplow and actually Chase Prisky. There you go. Um, so <laughs> not a bad group. To, yeah, it's a exactly. shadow. Yeah, no, they and they, you know, they showed me around. Um, you know, they let me have a fun time, and and then about two weeks later, I made my commitment. But um, you know, when I visited, just it was it was all ran. Like he was so good at, you know, telling me that like, he, he loves small players and like how 
you know, well, like St. Dennis did and Annis did and Pekka did and how they're small players, but they thrived because of the way they play. And that just really caught my eye. And, and, you know, Denver was great, but I think I just, I couldn't pass up the opportunity that Rand gave me. And I'm glad I'm here now. I mean, yeah, yeah. Look at, looking at everything, how, how it's yeah. gone so far. So, you know, end up coming into Quinnipiac your, your freshman year and, you know, Continue to continue to cook. Essentially, uh, I, I forget what eight points in the first five games. You know to get things started. So a hot start right off the bat, and you end up playing the majority of the season uh, with Tanner McMaster. Uh, so being able to kind of be you know a one-two punch with a senior like him. I mean, how much did he help your game right off the bat? Yeah, he was huge. Um, you know, he's a guy who you know when, when you obviously play with a senior like you're like all right, you know you you want to be like a sponge. You want to soak anything in, in he says. Um, because they've been through the ropes, and he was great. He was so skilled, so good with the puck. So just to kind of feed off him and, and develop that chemistry that we did over the year, um, it was unreal. And I think, you know, he really helped me, not only on the offensive side, but I think on the whole 200-foot zone of the game, you know, because that was some of my struggles coming in. So um, he was great for me. I mean, I had Landon Smith there for a while, who was really good, and then Nick Germain too as well. And, you know, also, too, I, I, uh, my road roommate was Chase Prisky. So, you know, the fact that he was a junior captain, he, he put a lot of, you know, weight on my shoulders when it, when it came to responsibility, even though I was a freshman, just because of kind of the role I played. So I think to have that, too, to, you know, be a freshman but play bigger than a freshman, play more like, you know, you've played before because of the opportunity I, th- the opportunity I was put in, I think was, was uh, you know, it was a challenge for me, but I think uh, it made me a better player when it came to the end of the year. And you mentioned the the two hundred foot game, which is something that is is preached at this level. So, uh, you know, what what are some of the changes that you saw from your game at the beginning of the year to when you when you finished up last season? I think you know he you know Rand gave me a little bit of a leash at the beginning of the year just because I was trying to transition from the junior game to college game. But I think just um, stuff like defensive zone draws and and, and you know more play in the D zone where I think in the beginning of the year I, I didn't have that foot speed where I was able to you know keep up on my D-man because I'm a, I was a winger but also help bail out guys if they you know they made a mistake and then I think in the neutral zone too like getting pucks in and getting pucks out you know between the blue lines is, is a tough area in college hockey getting that puck out of your own D zone and then getting it in in their zone and, and getting the four check on so that was something I struggled with a lot I know the first game of the year we played BC and I didn't get the puck deep into the zone, and then I took a penalty with four minutes left in the game, and they tied it up, and we end up tying the game. So right there, the first game of the year, I make a mistake that goes from a win to a tie, and you know, right there, like it's like, all right, you know, I gotta bear down because you know it's a different level. So I think, I you know, I went through some you know circumstances like that where I I learned the hard way, you know, yeah. by you know, making a win a tie and, and stuff like that. where you And just, sometimes that's the best way to learn. Exactly. You know, you beat yourself up right after the game, but, you know, you understand that, like, you know, it was your first game of your college career. You're going to make mistakes. It's better to have it now than, you know, game 34. So I think stuff like that that happened at the beginning of the year helped me for the later of the year. But I think, you know, just working on things in practice and practice and focusing on certain aspects in games is what helped me to down the road to become a better defensive player. So year one to year two also involved the transition from the wing back to center. Are, now, are you a natural center? Yeah, I think I played most of my high school and juniors at center. Okay. So coming in, I actually played the first two games of the year at center. Okay, all right. Um, you know, Tanner would take most of the draws, but I would then, you know, switch with him and take the center spot. And, you know, my foot speed and strength was something that was tough. Like, this, 
was the second or third game of the year was BU. Yeah. And we were matched up against Greenway a lot, who's in the NHL now. Oh boy, yeah. And yeah. just like he just he made light work of me. And it, and, <laughs> and, 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 and Rand was like, you know what? It's just you're not there yet. So he put me at wing, which in, in our system is a little easier. Um, you know, like you obviously have a different role at a center um, in the D zone and, and in the neutral zone. So, um, but when it came to the end of the year, I got stronger. Um, over the summer, my foot speed got better. I got bigger. I got faster. I, you know, I'm, I'm more aware of my defensive play now. So I wanted to be in that center position, and I think I've done well so far. I think the first game, kind of had to get my nooks and crannies out, but um, ever since that, I think I've been doing really well. Whether it's been yeah. the faceoff circle or defensive play. And now, uh, also returning to center, you are now the veteran on your line. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, so how how has that kind of affected how you're you're acting on the ice, not just during games, but in practices off the ice with having two freshman line mates? Yeah, I think what helped was Rand kind of let me know at the end of last year that I was likely going to play with those two. Oh, and I, okay. And I played actually with Bon Giovanni in Tri City for the you know 18 days. I was there, obviously, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It wasn't long, but I did play on a line with him for about five six games, so I was a little aware of him, but. Um, yeah, it's weird being a sophomore and being the vet, but, you know, I think of last year and, and how I had to transition and, and you know, I, I'm definitely hard on them, but I have to understand that I have to look at where I was at in, in the time of, you know, last year and where they're at right now. So the first couple of games, you know, I, I wasn't as super hard on them. I had to understand that they, they're in that adjustment period, but lately they've been great, which is good. Cause then I can lay off them and I don't have to be like the bad guy, but you know, like, they work hard. They're very committed. You know, they're skilled players. So, like, we all have to understand that we have skill, but, you know, like, we got to put in work on the forecheck and, and play gritty because, you know, that's what it takes in college hockey. But they've been great. I mean, they listen. You know, it's tough, you know, being a sophomore and having to, you know, crack down on two freshmen. But, like, that's just the way it is. And, um, you know, I'm happy with the way they've played so far. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm just trying to kind of picture you be your own good cop, bad cop, exactly. whatever, whatever it, yeah. things are going it, on. It's but tough, yeah. I mean, it, you know, because I, I'm still learning stuff. I mean, yeah. I, I'm an underclassman, so I'm I'm sometimes in the same position as them um, because, you know, like they both played penalty kill, and I've started to play penalty kill in practice, so it's crazy now that I'm asking them questions. And, you know, like, <laughs> you know, it just it works out in funny ways, you know, that yeah. like you're always learning. I mean, even juniors and seniors sometimes, you know, you're always learning, so – you know, you try to help them, but at the same time, sometimes they can help you, even though they're freshmen. Yeah, and that shows. I mean, how how the the hockey sense that these kids came in with, being able to kind of teach you and help you yeah, in other aspects. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. It pays to, you know, to be a smart hockey player, and and yeah. when you are, you know, you can help anyone, whether they're a forward or a defenseman. Um, you know, it just goes a long way. Yeah. Um, and lastly, before before we finish up, of course, coming in now. Uh, the series this weekend, a home and home with what is now the number one team in the country, the UMass Minutemen. So, you know, just as much as you guys had that, uh, you know, had the youth movement this year, that's kind of a, a similar thing that they're going through in Amherst uh, from more of a season ago. So, heading into this series, it's a big series. Um, you know, what are you what are you looking at in terms of these guys? What are you expecting? And and you know, what are we what can we expect as a Bobcat fan this weekend? Yeah, it's going to be exciting. Um, you know, when anytime you can start the weekend with a number one team in your building, uh, it gives you. I mean, that's just right there in itself is a reason to get hyped up. But you know, they're a good team. They've shown it this year. They showed it last year by sweeping us. You know, they have that young talent that now. It's more dangerous because they're most of those guys are sophomores, and last year they were freshmen. And the fact that you know they were able to sweep us as a young group, and they all have a year under their belt, uh, just adds on more. But you know we're we're not worried. I mean we're a really good team, and you know we do have a youth movement too. But they've also most of those guys have already made a really big adjustment, and they're all playing really well. So 
You know, it's going to be a good battle. I mean, they have an elite defensive core, and we have an elite defensive core. Um, their goalie, who I played with in Fargo, has been playing really well, and we've had two goalies that are playing really well. So hopefully we can get both guys to play one night, and you know maybe we can catch their goalie tired. But, um, you know, it's going to be a tight battle. I mean, anytime you know you, you play with two teams that are in the top ten, you know, you're going to have elite talent, and it's, it's going to be a tight game. Um, you know, the game's probably going to be one off of a couple turnovers, uh, mistakes that are made, and, you know, that comes with uh, having youth on both sides. So, you know, you don't know what to expect, but you just go out there. And, I mean, we've we've uh, we've started to do video on them this week, and, and we'll continue to do it as Friday leads up. But, um, you know, we're all hyped up for Friday to, to get them at home. And, I mean, it, it, what a better way to end the first half, uh, especially with the way the year has gone so far for us. It's the, the ultimate measuring stick of yeah, a game exactly. like this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is, this is huge to go into the second half and really to see where we're at. You know, I mean, we've played some good teams – um, definitely throughout the first half this year, but to end the first half uh, with the number one team, I, I don't think we'd want it any other way. You yeah. know, people are always saying, you know, well, you know, they are the number one team, but yeah, I mean, college hockey is so close; anybody can beat anybody at any given night. So I think, you know, this weekend's really going to show where our team is at and you know where we're headed for the second half. And, and as a top line guy, I mean, you got to have a game plan going in because you'll probably be seeing a good amount of Kale McCarr this weekend. Yeah. So what's your what's a game plan for you trying to be able to get past him? Yeah, I mean, he's an elite defensive player, as you can tell. I mean, he's obviously elite offensively. So, um, you know, it, honestly, that you leave that up to the coaches with matching lines. You know, with a home and home, it is weird because you know we get last change Friday and then they get last change Saturday. So. Um, matchups will be interesting, um, but I think anytime you're out there, like you just you want to put the pressure on them. You know, you want to you want to make them skate. You want them, you know, make them go to the corners and you know places where he doesn't want to go. You know, I don't necessarily know if I'm going to be getting a body on them, but <laughs> maybe my line mates will. I'm not yeah. much of a hitter, but you just want to be a pest all night. I mean, you know that Ferraro kid too is really good as well. He was a second rounder two years ago, so you want to make those kids. You know, you want to tire them down. You know, you want to make them you know, do something that makes them uncomfortable. And, and with those guys, you know, they're so skilled. So you want to keep the puck off their stick and, and you want to make them play defense because even though they are defensemen, you know, those guys are offensive defensemen and all they want to do is go the other way. And so if you can tire them down and, and make them play defense, then, you know, you got a good shot. There you go. All right, before we go, uh, we have three questions that we ask everybody. These are the real thinkers. You know, you can talk college hockey all day, but yeah. these are the ones that actually kind of get to know you a little bit better. So the first one, if you could live anywhere in the world that is not Hamden, Connecticut, because obviously that'd be the number one pick, yeah. where would it be? Anywhere in the world besides Hamden. Yeah. This could be a vacation spot, somewhere that you've um, seen on a, I, I don't know, vacation brochure in the dang. airport. Um... Hockey hotbed somewhere in Canada. Yeah, I, I mean, I did go to Perry Sound where the Bobby Orr Hall of Fame is. Ooh, that was okay. pretty elite. <laughs> but I think if I had to live anywhere, I'd probably go somewhere like I've never visited the Cayman Islands or Bahamas, and I love the I love the warm. Even though I'm from Minnesota, where yeah. I experience cold, yeah, you always want to get to the warm. I'd have to probably go one of those. Um, either that or Toronto because I love the Maple Leafs. I love. I love hockey, and I think so. Like somewhere like a Toronto or Montreal, or like a, a a polar opposite where it's like a Cayman Islands or something like that. I've always wanted to visit one of those places, but um, you know that's kind of what my parents are doing right now. They they they're going to Arizona for the winters, and then they're coming to Minnesota for like the spring Ooh. summer. So they're kind of getting the best of both worlds. Yeah, they got to figure it um, out. Wow. So I like that, but um, yeah, definitely one of those two spots. Okay. Did you like the Nylander deal? I did. Yeah, he's. Uh, Kind of one of the reasons I wear 29. Really? 19 is my favorite number, but 
Um, Tanner had it last year, and I've always been um, interested in the number 29, like McKinnon and yeah. Nylander, who I really you know like to kind of model my game after in, in some ways. So um, to see him sign that deal uh, right at the end there, it was pretty cool. And I think they play tonight, so I'm hopefully I can catch him, catch him tonight and watch him play. All right, second one. Uh, if you could have dinner with one person, either alive or deceased, who would it be and why? Alive or deceased. Ah, oh, man. Uh, you know what? I'd probably I'd probably say my grandfather. That's that I'm named after. Uh, yeah. I never got to meet him. Um, you know, I mean, you'd always want to have you know dinner with some crazy celebs. You know, I'd probably choose like a guy like you know Neiland or something. But I think my grandfather. Um, you know, I heard of just uh, how great of a guy he was from what my dad tells me. And you know, unfortunately, I didn't get to meet him. But I think um, you know he has an edge that I think that I have too. That's from what my dad has said. So. I think it'd just be cool to have a, a, a meal with him and just kind of see what he had to say. Nah, just pick his brain. Exactly, yeah, yeah. like that. All right, uh, and the last one, uh, maybe while you're having this meal, uh, you are on death row. What is your final meal, dinner, drink, and dessert? Dinner, drink, and dessert. Yeah. All right, dinner, I'm going New York Strip with probably um, – I'm probably going New York Strip with mashed potatoes on the side – and a Caesar salad. Good romaine, though. You know, you Absolutely, need, need the yeah. healthy romaine. Um, <laughs> no need to go out with anything else drink. then. Drink. Yeah. Um, I'm probably going chocolate milk. I love chocolate milk. Yeah. Dessert. Um, there's a thing I have in Minnesota. It's called a mud pie. It's like an Oreo crust with uh, coffee, ice cream, hot fudge, caramel sauce, and whipped cream. Good it's, Lord. It's a, it is elite. There's, oh, my God. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's at this place called um, Lonesome Pine, which is in um, like kind of where I live by in, in, in Chaska. Yeah. Um, it's elite. I could eat a whole thing if I wanted to. But, yeah, if, if that's my final meal, probably doing that. Yeah, you, you can't go wrong with can't any go of wrong. them. Oh, no, my God, yeah. Well, Odin, thank you so much for joining us this week, and uh, best of luck finishing up the first half against UMass. Yeah, thank you for having me.